there are things that I like. I'm a little odd, right? I'm a little odd. Things I like to watch. It's funny that when God, thank you, Tim, when God pairs you up with someone, my wife does not really like watching the things I like to watch or, or anything like that. And so I know that it's a God match because we're balancing each other out. And one of the things I really like to watch is any type of survival show. Love it. Bear Grylls, Les Stroud. There's another show. It's called Dual Survival. It's kind of a big thing right now. Uh, Dual Survival, set that up. It's kind of like you have these two guys, and they put them together in a very rough situation. Uh, The one guy that they have, he is a 20-year veteran military anti-terrorist unit. He's been everywhere. All right, that's Joe. So you got this guy, and then you got this other guy. Show this other guy here. The other guy's Cody, and Cody is this dude who just like shows up in shorts, and you can't see, but he doesn't wear shoes. Yeah, so you've got this one guy who's just all about the mission, and you got this other guy who's like, yeah, we're just hanging out in the desert. Just. And so I watch these shows, and, and I don't know why. I've never been in a situation in the desert where I had to survive. I mean, I, there was a time on the mission trip when the shower head broke. <laughs> um, that, that was pretty rough. But in general... I watch these and I'm entertained. So if we're ever in a situation where things go down, I might have your back, might not. Depends on the episode. (laughs) When it comes to survival, there are four essentials. I may say them in the wrong order, but it is shelter, fire, water, and food. Those are four essentials when it comes to any show that you watch, and it doesn't matter who these people are, they always try to procure these things. There's something that's called the rule of three, and the rule of three applies to any situation for survival. That means that you can survive for three minutes without air, or if you're in icy water. You can survive for three hours without a shelter if you're in a harsh environment, unless that harsh environment is icy water. You can survive for three days without water if you're sheltered from the harsh environment, and you can survive for three weeks without food if you have water and shelter. So you kind of see where these things go together. But I wanted to talk today about fire. I wanted to start there. I am so thankful for the type of church that we are. We are not spirit-friendly. We're not ambiguous as to how we look at the Holy Spirit. We don't treat him like some distant cousin when it comes to the Trinity. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit that operate. We believe that those things are not only encouraged in the Bible, but I feel personally that they are vital to going to the places that God's calling us to go. And so when it comes to those things, I thought, fire, let's start there. Fire, when you think about that as humans, all that it does for us, light, heat, it helps us cook. It has helped us throughout history to make machines to make work easier. It has helped us to create electricity through coal-fired plants. It has helped with manufacturing. It has helped with woodworking, because if you heat wood up, you can bend it. It has helped with communication throughout time, signal fires, smoke signals, It's a great insect repellent. And one of the most important things that water does, it helps purify. Fire can help purify water. If you get in a survival situation, it doesn't matter 
how much water you have if you don't know that it's pure. Oh, you can drink it, drink away. But what may happen later won't be pretty. And so I want to look at this from this aspect of survival. In any given survival situation, the clock is ticking. In the walk that we're in right now, the clock is ticking. There are no practice days when it comes to this Christian walk. I'm not saying that to alarm us. I'm saying that, that the clock is going. And what are we going to do with the precious time that we have been given? The enemy of your soul in the Bible, he is described as a lion. Let me tell you, if you dropped me into an environment and they said, we're going to release a lion to come after you, that would be a survival situation for me. Right? And some, we walk through this life like we know how he's described, but we're just like, yeah. No, it is not a lion at the zoo who sleeps all day. It is a lion who is going, looking to devour. In that case, how do we approach this survival situation? Fifty days after Passover, Pentecost is celebrated. Passover. God's people being delivered from Egypt. Looking back on a God that hears the cries of his people and comes to save them, 50 days later, there's Pentecost. There's one particular Pentecost, which is recorded in Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read that. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That baptism is core to who we are. That baptism is not something as a man that I can say has ended or ceased. I don't have that authority. I have been... In situations, Elevation came out with this album. They called it Old Church Basement. There were some Old Church Basement experiences with the Holy Spirit. There was a group of ladies that were meeting in this room right over here to pray. And I'll tell you what, when you walk by that room, you know what you felt? The Holy Spirit thick in that place. Looking at that type of identity, I am urging you not to be spirit-friendly, not to be ambiguous when people ask you what you believe, but to be sure that you know that you know that that baptism, it is an empowerment, that there are gifts associated, that there are fruits that will be seen from those who are filled. Jesus himself said in John 14, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. I don't know about you, but I need another advocate. According to my wife, I may need more than one, but I need an advocate. John 16, 7, he says, but I tell you the truth. This is Jesus. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. There is a work that the Holy Spirit can do, that fire of the Holy Spirit that I cannot do on my own. 
There is, when a spirit-filled believer walks in the room, the temperature changes. There is a discernment. There is this God ability to bring something to the space that was not there before. Acts 2, 17 and 18 says, And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind, on all flesh, it says, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. It is said that there is nothing more pure than the faith of a child. And I long for the moment where as a church that you hear a little voice speaking up in that call with the power and authority of the Holy Spirit speaking mysteries that no one even knows and doing so in obedience. I long for that time. I long to hear the God dreams come forth in a way that people, you know, there's a common theme on some things that have been coming to me lately, and it has started like this. This might sound crazy, but, oh, it's not crazy. I'm feeling it. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit and they shall prophesy. In Matthew chapter 3, John says, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. There's power in those words. There is power in those words that goes beyond the walls of this church that at 1231 today, they'll still be as powerful. Tomorrow morning when you get up, just as powerful. When whatever comes at you this week, it's going to be just as powerful. And if you can stand in boldness in this place when we're singing reckless love and think that you are 10 feet tall and bulletproof, then you know what? Tomorrow morning you will be too. In the name of Jesus, you have the same identity. In the name of Jesus, you're that same person. It doesn't change. Take it there. Take it there boldly. John 15 says, When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. We live and die as Christians by our testimony in front of the world. Put it out there. Put it out there. My mom has made it a mission to turn Walmart into her satellite church. <laughs> right? I mean, it, you've got your section of, like, do-it-yourself checkouts, and you've got pray with Joanne section. You know, just this little booth set up. <laughs> Testify when you go out. Testify. So here, back to this. I was talking about fire, right? Just get off track with all this scripture. This fire that was talking about in the Bible, it does not say on that day when the Holy Spirit fell on them, there was a raging, destructive, massive blaze that just torched everything. Notice that. It says that there were tongues of fire which split and sat upon each of them. That's hit me this week. See, what happened was corporate. It happened in a setting of one mind and one accord. It was intentional. It was missional to take that gospel forward. But it was always personal. 
always. He didn't seek to overwhelm. He sought to empower. He sought to come alongside and say, you've got this. Oh, does it sound crazy? Yes, it does. But you've got this. That person, and I just imagine that. Like, think about that, looking around. Think about it. If we were having a service and you looked over and you're like, oh, Keith, there's fire above your head. He's like, you know what? You too. Like, this is something. But starting personal and always being personal. The most earth-shaking things that God does are always going to start out with a personal component. Always. The biblical accounts, if you think that, the personal nature of a God who would speak to a man at a burning bush when they're alone. Of a God who would speak to a shepherd boy out in a field. A God who would speak to prophets who were in caves. That Jesus Christ, when he's born in that lowly stable, the personal nature of what went down. Paul says this in Philippians 4, For I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. Paul understood survival. Paul understood survival pretty well because Paul had gotten beat up, stoned, shipwrecked, jailed. Paul did not live this easy life. So when he says, I understand this, that I can be content, I think we can understand and be content as well. As a child of God here on this earth, you have been deputized. You have been called a survivor by God himself. Walk in it. Walk in it. Walk with that boldness that says, that lion, I'm not even looking back because I'm going forward in God. The whole plot of that survival show that I told you about, it's taking two totally different people who both know how to survive, but most of the show is spent them bickering about what's most important. Does that sound sometimes like how church can be? Not this church, other churches that you may have attended. Come on. <laughs> right you've got the military guy he's about get it done get it done get it done and you got the other guy that's like well and he knows physics and everything this other guy and so he's just talking all these book smarts and things and the other guy's like let's just kill the snake and eat it it's totally different the question always comes down to this in a spiritual walk and within a church what is essential what is essential? What do we as a body view as a non-negotiable? What is the difference between surviving and thriving? Just as fire is useful for so many things, the Holy Spirit, that helper, that comforter, think of all the things that are accomplished through him as well. If we're going to do this the right way, if we're going to be good stewards of that baptism of the Holy Spirit, we always need to bring it back to that personal place and we need to fan the flame. Because in those survival shows, it always starts out with this tiny little thing, and they have to fan it for it to be anything. As a man, and I don't know if I'm the only one, from a young age, if there was a campfire, I was about burn stuff. Burn it. Burn whatever. And it would usually be stuff I wouldn't be allowed to burn. But I'm like, yeah, just throw that in. That's not a bad idea. It was a terrible idea. <laughs> and as I've gotten older, here's what's weird. That has also come over into my walk. Right? I can just get frustrated, and I'm like, God, just burn it all up. Just That didn't work when I was 8 years old, and it won't work when I'm 48 years old. That is not the way that God operates. Here's what's wild. When I listen to God's heart, I figure out that he brings that fire, like, right back here. 
Like, he brings that fire just how it was. I had a headband I was going to put on, but I was afraid that Dina would see that, and I, she'd be like, take that off, take the headband off. So imagine for the moment, though, that personal nature, that where you go if that's what people saw. Would that be strange if I walked in? Would I be allowed in the salon with fire above my head? I don't know. But when you walk in that, it makes a difference. When you've had this kind of experience, you can't go back. You can't complain the way you used to. You can't bellyache the way you used to. You can't look at a situation and find the half empty the way you used to do. You walk in Jesus and you start speaking crazy life. And people look at you crazy and I'm like, yeah, because I got fire above my head. Tell me something I don't know. That fire will bring warmth to those hearts that are frozen. It will get things cooking. It will purify. It will communicate in a manner that we didn't know existed. And it will speak life. The goal is to let this world see Jesus. I was called to carry this little light of mine, not this raging inferno of mine. A common theme to survival situations is that people will find themselves in a place at a time that they didn't expect. Has that ever happened to you? Something just happened, and you find yourself there. When I say survival, I'm not saying it in this way like we're just getting by. Because I'm telling you, if you look at these guys, they make these places that I would live in. I would flat out live in if I could. In survival situations... They thrive because they see everything as a possible solution. And I'm not saying that in a way like chase this and that. I'm saying they see the positive in whatever comes up. Whether it's in the deep woods or in the church seat, attitude is everything. Once the fire's lit, other things can begin to fall into place. In other words, fire is the key ingredient for going forward for them. There's no safe drinking water without fire. The, you could have a shelter. Go build your shelter, but without the fire, you will get hypothermia. If you go and you take down whatever animal, you're going to need fire to cook that. Fire is essential. One of my favorite facts that I came across is this. Fire is an occurrence or an event. It is not a thing. That speaks to me because the Holy Spirit is not just something that I can set aside. It is this ongoing event in my life. It is this ongoing relationship that I want to grow in. 2 Timothy 1.6 says, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Stir it up and take it with you. With this right here, it, what's wild, show me, is that little can there, that slide 19? In survival shows... I may not have dropped it in there. There it is. When they make a fire, when they leave, they take embers with them. Craziest thing. But you don't want to have to get out a bow and make a fire for half an hour every time you stop. And so they'll take a little something and take some of those embers and they'll wrap it up and they'll carry it with them. Where you go, take the fire with you. Where you go, take the ability in any given situation to find the God kindling and start a fire. Someone is just waiting for you to be that one to step up. Don't go it alone. The one guy in the military, he has a saying in that show, and that is two is one and one is none. 
Meaning this, that when they're together, they are one. When they're alone, all bets are off. In Ecclesiastes, the Bible says this, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I know who the third strand is. It is Jesus Christ. I know when I walk who I walk with, and I know that the power that he has will overcome anything. It is not this tiptoe walk where I'm scared, but it is a bold walk. It is knowing it doesn't stop at three strands because you know what? Fourth strand is Susie. Fifth strand is Dottie. Sixth strand, Irma. Imagine the strands that go when you have a corporate body. Imagine how big it gets. Imagine the tensile strength of that rope once you get that twisted. Oh, my Lord. When we're together, I can help stir the flames for you. You can help stir the flames for me. I can go gather things we need while you take care of the fire. You can make sure there's no holes in the roof while I'm taking care of the fire at times. We are in this together. One of the things that that Joe says is everybody who shows up to the party leaves the party together. No man left behind. No man left behind. I can have your back. In the event that you may fall, I'm going to make sure that we're leaving this party together. That may cause me to double back a little and say, I've got you. I've got you. Maybe you should have worn shoes to this, that, but I've got you. We are in this together. I'm going to close. You may say this. No matter which direction I turn, I feel like there's a mountain. I want to grow. I want to go forward. I love this thought of, like, Holy Spirit baptism. But I'm telling you, I, I just can't see it where I am feel worn out. I feel beaten down. Mountain every direction. Here is the craziest fire fact that I got from a Boy Scout leader yesterday. True story. Fires move faster uphill than they do downhill. The steeper the slope, the faster the fire travels. When you're in a situation where you feel like there's nothing to do but climb and hope for the best, the God momentum in the Holy Spirit will race up that place, burning away anything that is in your way. For everyone right now that you're looking and you can put a name on that mountain because it's a son or daughter who is not walking with Jesus, right now I say that the fire is going to race up that hill. For every one of you who has a spouse that you don't know where they stand with God, I say right now the fire is going to race up that hill. For every situation it seems dark, let it race, God. Let it roll. What's wild about this is when it comes to these shows, the devil's not smart sometimes. And when I picture the devil looking at my walk, my survival show, I picture him like this. Can you see this guy here? So I picture the devil. Oh, man, I've thrown a wrench in things. Oh, he had this plan, and I messed it up. I just got to see how this plays out. Here's what is so wild. going to let you in on something. I don't have my own survival show, but if you were to, you know how we see it, and there's two guys in the wilderness? 
if you were to go on the other side of things and turn it around, show me this next one here. There is an entire team of cameramen, of medics, probably caterers, and experts in anything going on in that place. That is what you need to understand. It reminds me in the Bible when Elisha prayed, please God, open his eyes and let him see. And when they turned around, the hills were filled with horses and with chariots of fire. And I feel like we need to understand that what we're looking at, that we have got an entire entourage in front of us that is for us, that is with us, that is not going to let us fail. And the things that seem like these huge situations that are we going to make it through the night? You're going to make it through the night. The caterer is going to make sure of that. Don't look at it like it's over. Look at it with the confidence in the God that you serve. When it came to that rule of three, we play by a different rule of three. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I <laughs> going to ask you to stand. Going to ask the prayer elders if they would come forward. It is said of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that it is merely emotionalism. People who are unable to control their emotions. No, no, it's not that. It is said it was for a time which has passed. It's not that either. After we pray, I'm going to turn it over to the worship team. As they play, if you are here, and I'm just going to call it specifically. Every person standing up here is filled with the Holy Spirit. It would be their honor to pray with you. If you say, I need to pray about this situation or that, wonderful, they'll pray with you. If you say, I have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've never received that gift. It intimidates me. It's a gift. My father doesn't seek to confuse. He seeks to bless. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, right now we come before you as your children. And Lord, I pray your peace. I pray your comfort. God, I pray your miracles in that situation with that building. Lord, I pray for the first responders whose hearts are breaking as they work right now. Thank God for them. And Lord, I pray that your reports will come out of this because some people would pray for good things. I pray for God things. And I speak the miraculous because that's who you are. And right now in this house, God, I pray that you would just open our hearts and our ears to what the Holy Spirit is seeking to do. Lord, I pray for courage when people come forward to pray today that they would pray life. 
I pray that if anyone comes forward and says, I've never received that gift, I thank you that you're a good father that gives good gifts. Thank you for this house and what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen.